Good morning, Maranatha. Once again, it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Thank you for joining us today and thank every one of you that have let us know that you listen to this broadcast on Sunday morning here on our website, this web ministry. Hallelujah. We're so grateful to gather around the Word of God with you once again today. We have a great subject this morning and I'm chomping at the bits. (laughs) Amen. I am ready to bring this message because it is all about the liberating arm of the Lord. The liberating arm of the Lord. You know, the entire ministry of Jesus is to liberate captives, captives from Satan's uh, prison house, captives uh, to, to the, to, to all of the pitfalls and all of the dangers of, of this fallen world, all of the traps of the enemy. Praise God. <laughs> Liberating us from that vicious circle of sin and death. Amen. That, that law of sin and death that he has set us free from. Jesus has been anointed to set the captive free. He's been appointed and anointed to set at liberty. You understand the, the, the liberating ministry of Jesus Christ to set the captive free, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to proclaim, it said, the acceptable year of the Lord, which meant the year of Jubilee when when bond slaves had served out their time and they were set free. Praise God. Jesus indeed is our Jubilee today. Praise God. Well, if you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to familiar verse of scripture prophetic of Jesus in the old covenant in fact Isaiah chapter 53 has been called by Bible scholars the gospel in the old covenant because it's all about one who is going to be crucified upon a cross and through that sacrifice of himself on the cross is going to bring salvation to those who were bound by sin and could not break the chains of sin. Hallelujah. Listen as it begins. I'm only only going to read down through verse 6. Listen, Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That's why I have titled this message today, The Liberating Arm of the Lord, because from that point forward, we're going to see the revelation of God's salvation through His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a revelation of His outstretched arm, His might, and His power to deliver us and set us free, and His love and His compassion for us. Listen, for He, speaking of Christ prophetically, shall grow up before Him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed or appreciated him not. But surely... He hath borne our griefs 
and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen, dear friend, today. I'm going to take verse 5 and back up when we get to part of verse 5 to verse 4 of Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Today a proper understanding of the mighty liberating power available to all who believe as a result of the suffering of our precious Lord on Calvary will forever change, and revolutionize our lives. In this one verse of Scripture, the Spirit of God through the mouth of Isaiah the prophet proclaimed and declared four definite and clearly revealed facts that are designed to bring us into the full realization of the finished work of our Savior, thereby setting us free. Hallelujah. Amen. This is a revelation, isn't it, of the arm of the Lord. It's revealed in the person of Christ and in his finished work on the cross. And number one is freedom from the penalty of sin. Number two is freedom from inbred iniquities, the power of sin. And number three is freedom from the guilt and condemnation, the pressure that sin brings, and the shame. Number four is freedom from sickness and disease, which is the product of sin. This is the revelation of the arm of the Lord, the accomplished work of God in and through Christ in our behalf on the cross, the past tense of our God's provision for our total deliverance. He came. He said it in the temple, didn't he? He picked up the book when he was 30 years old, and he picked up the book and turned to this verse of Scripture, and he read it in the ears of all in the temple. Amen. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he sent me to set the captive free, to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to declare the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of Jubilee when those slaves are set free and given gifts so they can start their life, their new life, free from the indebtedness that they had. (laughs) And then he looked and said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He is and was and is now the fulfillment of this prophecy. Praise God. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? Number one, we are free from the penalty of sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. Listen, that word transgression means sins because sin is transgression of the law. And we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The scripture said there's none righteous. (laughs) No, not even one. 
And why would it be reiterated? Because there's always someone that thinks they're good enough. They've done good enough works. They're pure enough uh, that, that, that they, they could stand in the presence of God without the sacrificial blood of Jesus being shed in their behalf in order to save them. We are not saved by good works. We are saved unto good works. Amen. It is actually a a, a sign that salvation has occurred and a change has come within us. But it doesn't mean that any good work for the righteousness that God requires to the righteousness that man at his best can produce. Amen. The Bible said our righteousness is like a filthy rag in the eyes of God. That's why we must have, dear friend, his righteousness. Hallelujah. Listen to verse Psalm twenty-two, sixteen, prophetic of Jesus suffering on the cross. It said, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. Wounded here in Isaiah 53 is the Hebrew word that meant to bore or to pierce. One translation said he was pierced for our transgressions, and that's very accurate. In 1 John 3 and 4, it said, Whoever commits, committeth, that means habitually continue in sin, transgresseth the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, to set us free, you see. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission No remission. Jesus' body was pierced. Blood was shed as it poured from his hands, his feet, and ultimately his side. And and the beating he took before he even was impaled upon the cross. Thank God. The blood has been shed once and for all. And we who have trusted Christ as our Savior, repenting of our sin and receiving him as our Lord and Savior, We've been delivered from the law of sin and death. Romans 8 and verse 2 said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. One translation says that vicious circle of sin and death. Our sins have not just been forgiven, dear friend. They have been remitted The law of sin and death has been broken. (laughs) Hallelujah. And we have received eternal life. I like the old J.B. Phillips translation. It says, For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ Jesus lifts me out of the old vicious circle of sin and death. Number one, we have been freed from the penalty of sin. Number two, in the revelation of the arm of the Lord, is freedom from inbred iniquities. Someone said, man isn't a sinner because he sins. He sins because he's a sinner. Amen. This is the power of sin in our life that must be broken. Listen, sin is the actual transgression of the law. Iniquity is the evil born in us that breeds the transgression. Iniquity, as it's stated here, he was bruised or crushed for our iniquities, is, is the Hebrew word for perversity and moral evil and mischief. 
iniquity. You know, the Apostle Paul said he did. He said, in my flesh, there is no good thing. The reason we sin is because the actual seed for that sinfulness, we're born with it. It's passed on from Adam on down. Iniquities are the sinful habits or traits we have inherited from our forefathers which have been passed down to us. Adam sinned and passed on iniquities to all mankind. We, it's called the old man or the body of sin. Listen to Romans 6 and verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should not serve sin. One translation says... For we know that the old self was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be rendered powerless. Iniquity not only involves sin, but also the nature that is the breeding ground for sin. Listen to Ephesians 2 and verse 3. Among whom we also had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Once again, the tra one translation de declares gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. The Amplified said our behavior governed by our corrupt and sinful nature. That's why God doesn't just forgive us and leave us uh, at, the, at the mercy of, of the iniquity uh, in our, our, our old, old nature that's been passed down and inherited. One paraphrase said, our lives expressing the evil within us, doing every wicked thing that our passions or our evil thoughts might lead us into. We, we started out bad, <laughs> being born with an evil nature. Amen. God delivers. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. <laughs> Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. And that's why we have, we have power through this freedom to overcome the tendencies of our flesh. We're to crucify our flesh. Let not sin reign. We can't be totally sin-free, but we can be set free from the absolute dominance of our old flesh nature. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I have to, I have to put my, I have to put Put me on the cross. <laughs> Crucify the flesh and the lust thereof. I can't do what I would do if I, if I wasn't set free. But I am set free to follow Jesus Christ today. Glory be to God. And to the extent that I exercise that freedom, sin will not reign in my mortal body. Praise God. I am, I'm, I've been born from above. I've been born again. And I've got a new nature. And if you're a Christian, a true Christian today, you have a new nature. It doesn't mean you can't sin, but it means you do not have to give in. You may stumble. You may fall fall but if you get up and confess your sin he is faithful and just to forgive it and 
to cleanse you from unrighteousness. He's still working in the inner man that what is in us might work out. And that's what it means when it says work out. Work out your own salvation with it didn't say work for, it said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, I, 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 I believe with all of my heart that we need to have this clear revelation that we have been set free and we need to walk in this newness of life. We've been set free from the penalty of sin, and we have been set free from the power of sin. Praise God, friend of mine. That's an important, important message today in this sin-filled, sin-full world filled with temptation. We're bombarded through the media and through the culture and through everything that this world can throw at us to give in and to, to go with the flow instead of to stand true to God and follow Christ today. We've been set free from the penalty of sin. We've been set free from the power of sin and we've been set free from the pressure of sin from the guilt and the condemnation because it said not only was he wounded for our transgression bruised for our iniquities but he was chastised for our peace the chastisement of our peace was upon him one translation said the punishment that brought peace was upon him he took our place on the cross. He took our punishment for our sin that we might have peace with God. Colossians 1.20 says, And having made peace through the blood of his cross to reconcile all things unto himself. That word reconcile here in the Hebrew means to restore to a state of harmony. That enmity between God and us, that great chasm that sin has created, that, that great chasm has been breached. Hallelujah. And we've been brought together with God once again. Peace speaks of order, tranquility, and harmony. Romans 5, 9 and 10 says, Much more, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath, God's justifiable anger and indignation through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, being reconciled, we shall now be saved by his life. Glory to God. Oh, friend of mine, what does it mean to be saved by his life? I thought it was his death. Yes, he died on the cross so he could save us with his life because he was raised for our justification. And he's able to save us, the scripture said, to the uttermost, seeing that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Hallelujah. I hope you got on your shouting shoes. This is a revelation of our liberation. This is the arm of the Lord concerning our salvation to being revealed prophetically, speaking of, of what is to come when Jesus came and finished his 
mission on the cross to save us. Praise God. And the New Testament is the outworking of that cross, the fulfillment of this great prophetic word, the gospel in the Old Covenant. Listen to Colossians 2, 13, 14, and 15. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened, given life together with him having forgiven all your trespasses, amen, blotting out, literally canceling the law and indictment that is against us, all the handwriting of ordinances which was against us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, taking it out of the way, having spoiled, listen to verse 15, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, literally, in parenthesis, you should put in the cross here. Hallelujah. He disarmed, completely stripped of the power that sin and Satan had over us. In his person, nailed to the cross, the law itself was nailed to the cross. That doesn't mean we're free not to keep the law. It means that the condemnation of breaking the law is not held against us because we've all sinned, we've all transgressed, we've all broke the law. There's none righteous. Hey, dear friend, wait, hold on, old horse. No, not one, not even you, not even me, not even the best of persons that you know. No one will go to heaven without a Savior. No one can go to heaven without a, his salvation, because without the shedding of blood, there's no sacrifice for sin. In his person, nailed to the cross, the law itself was nailed to the cross. Christ, by bearing the curse, of the of the broken law has redeemed us from the curse of it in Galatians 3 amen it speaks of that in Asia one ancient way of canceling bonds was to drive a nail through the writing and when that happened and when that occurred it meant that that accusation and that condemnation it was canceled praise God and all of that pressure and all of that guilt and all of that shame we're delivered from in the name of Jesus Christ and actually the the, the 10 commandments been reduced to two kept that will take care of all of the rest of the law. Thou shalt love the Lord, the first and great commandment with all of thine heart, soul, mind, strength, spirit, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Praise God. Upon these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Number four, we are delivered, we are delivered from the product of sin from the sickness and disease, not only the sin's poison in our soul, but in our body itself. With his stripes, we are healed. And this goes back, not just here, it can be argued, this is in the context of our salvation and spiritual things, but Isaiah 53, 4, back up to it, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now let me tell you what that means, born here. It's the Hebrew word nasa, and it means to lift up and bear away, to convey, to remove at a distance. 
It's a Levitical word applied to the scapegoat that bear away the sins of the people in type. Leviticus 16.22 says, The goat shall bear Nasa upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited. Actual Hebrew word here, C-H-O-L-I and M-A-K-O-B, is sickness and pain. Now, Matthew, in the New Testament, the book of St. Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17, listen to how St. Matthew uh, interprets this verse of Scripture. He's borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, our sicknesses, our diseases. Listen, Matthew eight sixteen and 17. And when the even was come, they brought unto him Jesus, many that were possessed with devils. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. You see, that's why we have this covenant with God. That's why they said, is there any sick among you? Let them call the elders of the church. Why? We have a covenant here. Let them let them anoint them with oil, laying hands on them. And the, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if they've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven them. Both sickness and sin are being addressed in the finished work of Jesus at the cross, First Peter two twenty four, <laughs> who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah! Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord? revealed. Glory be to God. Friend of mine, who, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. This is no illusion. This is no panacea. This is the real deal. This is a God who will set us free through His Son and by His finished work on the cross. Amen. From all of that that the enemy de- desires to hold us captive by, the penalty of sin, the power of sin, the pressure of sin, and the product of sin. This vicious circle of sin and death is broken. Hallelujah. That chain has been snapped. That prison door has been torn down. And if you choose to be free today, I want you to know you can walk in what is called in the new covenant, the glorious liberty of the sons of God and the children of God. Hallelujah. Jesus picked up that book in the temple and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to set the captive free, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to open the eyes of the blind. See, freedom, 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 liberation, liberation, liberation. Hallelujah. And to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. 
got a good reference Bible, it will take you to the year of Jubilee in the Old Covenant. That year that God was so pleased to see all of those bond slaves set free. Amen. They owed no debt any longer. The debt was canceled. I want to declare unto you today your sin debt, if you're a Christian, was canceled at Calvary. And not only did God forgive your sin, but He worked a work in your heart and mind. A new nature has been imparted. You know, the Scripture says, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might partake of the divine nature. Not the old Adam nature, not the old sinful nature, but the new pure, powerful nature of our God. Hallelujah. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world. What an exceeding great and precious promise. Not just forgiven, but set gloriously free. Translated out. Look at the liberation of the powers of darkness and into the kingdom <laughs> of God's dear son. I ask you, did you have on your shouting shoes? I don't know. I don't know if you can just sit, you know, and sip your coffee without spilling it today. I don't know if you can sit still. I hope if you're not jumping around in your body, at least your heart rate has come up a notch or two. At least uh, you you are seeing something here that God wants to be revealed to you. It's the arm of the Lord. It's all God has done in and through Christ and what He has done for you and for me today. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to say it with me out there. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He still saves today. He still sets free today. He still heals today. He still delivers today. Hallelujah. How God anointed anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I'm so glad for the healing in my spirit and soul and mind and the healing in my body that God has granted. Yes, this old body is going to continue to grow old and deteriorate. I'm not going to be healed of the aging process, but I want you to know until it's time for me to go home, God has touched me time and time again. Amen. Keeping His covenant through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you that I'm alive today, getting ready to turn 75. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the devil trying to take me out ever since I was a child. And that's another testimony. My birth was a miracle because I wasn't supposed to live through it. 
but my daddy went in a, a, a bathroom and prayed and a covenant came into effect. Amen. And God claimed me for his own from the womb by a miracle. Even when I was born, I wasn't supposed to be born, but I was. Then cancer struck me at seven, going on eight years of age. Amen. And God delivered me from leukemia and set me free. And the doctor called it spontaneous remission because men of science have a real problem with supernatural intervention. But you can't believe in God and discredit and discount the supernatural. I want to tell you Jesus Christ has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and he will be forever. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, dear friend, I want you to know you can know him. I want you to know that you can know him. And I want you to know he knows you. And he loves you. And he gave himself for you on the cross so he could set you free. That habit that you can't break, <laughs> come to Christ. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. He bids you to come, not run from Him, not hide from Him in shame, but come to Him. Give Him the opportunity to give you all that He has accomplished in your behalf. He came to save sinners from ourself, from our sin, and from our arch enemy, Satan. And I'm telling you, He came to, to break that habit, to break that vicious circle, to break that old nature, and to give us a new nature. For His seed <laughs> remains in us that we sin not. We have a new bent toward righteousness, and it'll happen to you. You say, I can't change myself. <laughs> you got that right. But don't ever say that God can't change me. Because he certainly can and he will come to him just as you are. Repent of your sin. Receive Christ as your Savior. And let God do a work in you from the inside out. And let him set you free in Jesus' name.